Oh god. I feel like I'm in a football game when you do that. I think this podcast is going to run one hour if we keep going. Oh, for God's sake, let me hit the stop button now. And now, it's time for the Techie You Drive at Five with Robin Vouters and Dan Taylor. Let's do this. Well, all right, all right, all right. You have found it. This is the Techie You Drive at Five. I am your host, Dan Taylor, and we are collectively the droids you're looking for. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is, uh, well, it's getting to be crunch time here. Robin's even mouthing something to himself off camera. This man is busier than a one-armed wallpaper hanger. Now, if there are any wallpaper hanger haters out there, please don't (laughs) throw that one at me. That was an expression my mom used to say all the time when she was busy. So uh, Robin's been fielding about 200 emails a day from speakers and participants and everybody who wants to know what's going on at at the Brussels Sprout Summit. Thank you, Connor Murphy, for that one. And uh, yeah, and uh, it's been a little bit of a slow news week, shall we say? No, it has not. It has been a very busy news week. Robin, kick us off. Yeah, first and foremost, I am getting a lot of emails, but please keep emailing me. I've changed my address to dan at tech.eu. <laughs> uh, but please send as many emails as you possibly can. Yes, so I wanted to talk about electric vehicle uh, charging infrastructure, which is a very riveting topic, I'm sure. Uh, but the way things are develop- developing over in Europe are quite Quite interesting as electric cars become ever more popular, but there are problems uh, with charging infrastructure keeping up with demand, essentially. Um, there were a couple of interesting uh, recent news uh, stories that I wanted to highlight. Uh, Paris-based EV charging infrastructure builder DriveCo uh, have raised 250 million uh, euros in a new funding round, which is the largest investment to date in the EV charging point sector in France. And with that, the company aims to operate over 60,000 charging points in Europe by 2030. They're far far from the only one. Uh, There was Dublin and Munich-based company uh, Jolt Energy. Uh, They this week announced a 150 million euro investment from Infrared Capital Partners uh, to essentially bring its ultra-fast charging stations to urban areas across Europe and the US. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, we also saw Helsinki-based EV charging platform Verta. Uh, They raised 85 million. Uh, in a new funding round. Uh, so as you can tell from recent headlines, that's definitely a space that's attracting quite a lot of investment, uh, but also acquisitions already. Uh, recently, Shell uh, struck a deal to acquire the EV Pass, EV charging network in Switzerland, for example, and there's bound to be more down the line. Uh, meanwhile, Tesla, uh, of course, the king of EVs still in Europe and beyond, uh, they've reduced uh, supercharger prices in most areas of Europe by 10 to 20% very recently, uh, even almost 25% in countries like Spain, where it's competing heavily with publicly listed Wallbox which is uh, another one of these European EV charging companies. Uh, Important to note that this doesn't just impact Tesla owners because many of these supercharger stations in Europe are already quite um, open to all non-Tesla EVs. Uh, So those owners will be reaping the benefits as well. Uh, And then finally, uh, have any of you ever heard of the E20 highway in Sweden? Mm-hmm. No, but I think I took one of those pills at a party back in 2020. The E, they were great if I remember correctly. What is the E20 highway, Robin? The E20 highway is a 21-kilometer-long highway stretch in Sweden that will soon uh, become the country's first functioning charging road uh, that can juice the batteries of vehicles carrying freight around the country. Uh, you heard that right. It will be a, a road that effectively charges electric vehicles wirelessly as they drive which I think is pretty cool. It's not the first one, but it's definitely the the biggest one. 
uh, and uh, definitely quite an ambitious effort. Uh, for those who uh, are interested or are wondering, the E in E20, uh, the name of the highway, doesn't stand for electric. It stands for Europe. But my question is, does it work in the rain? Uh, I, I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask the E20. I'll ask the E20 people. <laughs> My question is, does it play a tune? Because there is a road somewhere that plays oh, yeah. a tune. That's there? right, there is, yes. It's in California. Musical roads. Yeah. Maybe it should do both of these things, charge and play a tune. Yeah. What is we'll the ultimate charging up tune? Is that do 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 It's it's whatever whatever tune wins the Eurovision Song Festival. Oh, uh, it's gonna be the tune. It would be a song by Journey though, wouldn't it? Don't stop believing. Yeah. That's what I would use. That's not bad. Come on, baby, light okay. my fire. So let, let, let me wrap this up. Uh, okay, so finally, yeah. finally, <laughs> if you're interested in the topic of e-charging networks, I urge you to check out the New York Times article that came out this week with the title, In Norway, the electric vehicle future has already arrived. So that's a headline that leaves little to the imagination for guessing what the article is about. Uh, definitely an interesting read. One fascinating tidbit of information that I got out of it, that Norway actually began promoting electric vehicles with tax and toll exemptions as far back as the 1990s uh, to support Think, which was, which was a homegrown EV startup that actually was owned by Ford for a couple of years. I'd never heard of this one, Think. Mm. So mm. I'm going to do my research on that one. Sounds interesting. I think it's really exciting because if you it shows that if a government puts its money and its policies behind the infrastructure, this is how you make change. Exactly that. Which mm. is also kind of funny because Norway is one of the world's wealthiest countries due to their oil deposit. Yes, it says in the article they're actually the biggest <laughs> the biggest exporters of polluting oil and gas. Right. <laughs> but domestically they're doing quite 80% of our car owners are driving electric already. So we'll screw the rest of the world but at yeah. home it's nice and clean. <laughs> no comment. But with the article. Yes, where the first good. electric vehicle was made? Mm. Yes, Austria. No, it was in the U.S. probably a hundred years Porsche ago. Dr. Porsche did not do the first electric vehicle? But oh, it must 18, have been over a hundred years ago, right? 1835. Yes. Right here in my city of Groningen. I'll put no way. Link in the show notes, folks, because I was unaware of that as well. I'm, I'm, I, I think he might be bluffing here. He just wanted an excuse to say Groningen. And that's why Groningen is now the center of the world when it comes to electric <laughs> vehicle manufacturing. <laughs> yeah and <laughs> facebook's data farms but that's a whole other story altogether fiona let's head on over to your side of the world how's talent today is that the sun i see in the window it is so and to be honest there's heat in the sun today so it's always sunny here but there's heat in the sun today and people are properly wearing t-shirts which is great but fiona <laughs> you've been you've been busy at work on the summit stuff tell us what's uh what's what's happening Yes. So first of all, I am going to talk about Robin um, because Robin was talking on a podcast this week called The Pursuit of Scrappiness Podcast. And uh, I love that name. I love it. It's a very nice great name. name, isn't it? Um, so mainly he was there uh, to talk about uh, media and media in the Baltics. But during the conversation, he was saying, um, sorry, Robin, I'm quoting you here, um, but uh, that you have admiration for the Baltic ecosystem, um, but unfortunately, there is a lack of talent for growth there, and then, you know, there is some difficulties of scaling up. So, suggesting that instead of just 
always going to their own events, supporting each other in their own events, it's a good idea to get out there and grow the ecosystem outside of the Baltics. Um, which brings me to a great conversation that's going to be had at the um, at the summit because there's actually going to be a conversation on the main stage moderated by Robin called the scaling of the ecosystem panel. Robin, do you have any of the speakers there? I didn't note them down. Yes, it's Stuart Grant from ARC in the UK, Laurent from B Central here in Belgium, and then we have Villa from Marie01 in Finland. So Yes, actually, and I spoke to him earlier um, this week, and he was telling me about how they got the ecosystem started in Helsinki. Um, Maria01 is the name of it, and how they're planning on scaling it. So that's going to be a really interesting conversation. But I want to get back to the podcast because um, it was really interesting. Listen, if you are a startup and you are looking for media coverage, um, because Robin gives some really good tips about, first of all, what we're looking for here at uh, tech.eu, um, how you can get coverage, but just how to get in touch with journalists and really how to do your own media if you don't have a PR team or don't have access to PR. Um, also, uh, bringing us back to the summit, the entire of the editorial team is going to be at the summit. And that's a really perfect opportunity for startups to come along and have a chat with us. Just grab a quick five minutes with us. We get to know who you are and then we can put a face to the email that's coming in. You don't have to meet us. You are you can come and like blind email us, but if you're at the summit, you may as well come up, have a chat with us. And especially if you've got very technical um, innovation or company, it is it's very helpful to have that conversation in person so we have some kind of a little bit of an idea about what we're talking about when we're relaying your news. So yeah, that was just another segue to the summit. Very nice. Thank you for promoting uh, a podcast with me on, on a podcast with me. No worries. It was such a good listen. That my ego. This is so meta, I can't handle it. <laughs> I might need a series of Polaroids. Listen to all the podcasts as long as I'm in them. <laughs> I'm going to give you my Revolute details for payment later, okay? Yeah, thanks. thanks. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Well, listen, as opposed to Robin, who in a po- – ready? Watch how I tie this all together. In a podcast that I did with Ben Costantini from Sesamers a long time ago, where I interviewed Robin – and I asked him for some predictions, and he said, "Oh man, I don't, I don't do predictions. I just, I flat out don't do predictions." Kate, Kate is going out on the limb, and she's mm-hmm. got a couple predictions. What? That's what? Uh, yeah, last year I did a prediction, which was um, circular design as the big thing in, particularly in mobility and materials and things like that. And this year's my, I'm calling it, and it's green software. So. I recently attended KubeCon slash Cloud Native Con in Europe. That was actually in Amsterdam. So it's a big old Kubernetes Cloud Native Computing Conference with I think it was 11,000 people. And green software engineering was a really a lead topic. Um, and it's kind of underpinned by the reality that I guess ICT or IT is responsibility for up to nearly 4% of global emissions. So we're talking comparable to, almost comparable to the airlines or shipping, those kind of industries. And the companies are really pushing to make their software more sustainable um, and less energy 
intensive, I guess. So it's about, you know, how do we build this, particularly when we're talking about cloud computing? Um, can we make code more succinct and, you know, requiring less um, less data? Can we store things more mindfully? Um, can we make hardware more sustainable through the code we use? And things like, you know, apps and mobiles and streaming services. And so basically um, the head honcho at Red Hat, um, Dr. Huamin Chen, who's one of the senior principal software engineer and a sustainability tech lead, um, joined forces with a bunch of other sort of people around top um, around the topic of sustainability. And they launched this project called Kepler, which stands for Kubernetes-based efficient power level exporter. So it's kind of a community-driven open source project. It's really about um, getting the leverage to understand the um, amount of energy that their software generates. And with the idea that if you can understand it, then you can do something about it. So basically, they've produced a whole lot of um, leverage and um, technologies that are able to really just understand through um, the energy consumption of different things like CPU performance and um, machine learning models and, um, and systems counters and be able to do that in a way that leverages it into metrics where people can use those to build things so that when you're building containers and pods and things like that, um, you're able to really understand what you're doing there. And I think the thing that really appeals to me about this is because firstly, we've got um, a commercial grade um, inquiry. So we're not just talking about research because the big problem in a lot of this area, particularly if you look at the area of energy expenditure in AI, it's all research-based. People are tracking this stuff, they're coming up with counters, but there's nothing commercial. So where kind of Red Hat and Kepler and these kind of projects are going is trying to come up with commercial applications that people can use. There's also the fact that it coincides very nicely with ESG goals that big companies are doing. So companies that are, you know, traditionally putting lots of money into cloud computing are able to kind of go, hey, um, we can use this as part of our our sustainability metrics, if you like. And I'd also add that the EU is starting to put a lot of money into this as well. Um, so I think this is definitely something to watch. And I've also put in the... Um, I guess the article because it's you know it's a big topic that you know we'll come back to at some date a bunch of other sort of related initiatives that you can have a look at like the green software foundation for example so i'd encourage you to check it out if you're interested in these kinds of things and you know particularly looking at where this is going to go and i mean one thing that always comes up when you talk about um, energy intensive is ai and the idea that ai is using lots of data which has got to be you know, housed and farmed somewhere and generated. Um, there's cooling in regard to the data centers and how we keep those cool. But, you know, in terms of AI, that is sort of a topic that we're all talking about right now. And that will be also a topic at the conference. So if you're coming along to the summit in a few weeks, I encourage you to come and check out a bunch of our um, panels on AI because they're going to be super interesting. Got some really cool speakers. Wow. Well, thanks for that, Kate. I mean, I'm, I, I, we did miss you while you were out of office having a good time. At, I mean, uh, doing investigative journalism at the, uh, at the, uh, events. But I mean, if I may, what this sounds like to me is doing more with less. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So I'll just, I'll just cut 11 minutes out of the show. Kate, just give me doing more with less. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your end benefit is if you do all this right, you're going to save money. And that's a win-win, right? 
I don't even pretend to understand everything that Kubernetes does. I know of it. Um, and I, quite frankly, I'm, I'm thankful that there are people smarter than me out there working on solutions like this. Oh, totally, totally. And, you know, it's kind of like people solving their own problems, which I like too. It's actually industry taking responsibility. It's not just, you know, a startup going, hey, you need to do this. It's people yeah. actually coming up with those solutions. Well, good. And, and as you said, if you're interested in this topic or... Well, I mean, it's, it's the topic du jour. I mean, I keep saying that uh, it might be the year of, of quantum, but I think it's going to turn out to be the year of AI. So if you're interested in, in this topic or AI, obviously join us in Brussels on the when, Robin? Wednesday, 24 May, starting at 9 a.m. Brussels. And you Expo. can email him at dan at tech.eu. That's Robin's personal email address. That's, That's right. But speaking of AI, yai karumba. As he has it listed in his show notes, Nick is joining us again, uh, keeping tabs on, because quite frankly, we've been, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I've been so wrapped up in summit preparation, I, I haven't exactly been on top of the news as much as I should be this week. But Nick uh, in Groningen, who tells us about the first electric car, is also going to fill us in on what's been going on in the world of ay 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 this week. What, what's, uh, what's shaking, Nick? I caramba indeed. And if you thought last week was big news for uh, AI <laughs> and maybe it would die down this week, you are completely wrong. Um, there was a lot of news happening this week. I'm going to try and hit all the main headlines. Um, but there's actually quite a few feedback loops. We talked about IBM last week who had a massive announcement that they will stop hiring humans for jobs that AI can do. They hosted their annual Think conference in Orlando this week and went big on various AI products including Watson X, which uh, will be focused on enterprise levels of trust, giving uh, customers, uh, enterprises, I guess, uh, access to all sorts of tool set, infrastructure, and consulting to create their own AI models, adapt and fine-tune existing models with their own data. Most interestingly, at the end, they announced a partnership with Hugging Face, which is kind of like the darling of open source AI. And uh, I can see Dan looking at me uh, uh, puzzled in the room saying, Hugging what now? Hugging well, who? Funnily enough, Hugging Face, as I said, the darling of OpenAI, also uh, had some announcements this week. If you don't know what they do, they're kind of like um, very, very much focused on open sourcing everything possible related to AI. So going the other way than the big kids. Um, they've got a whopping 190,000 AI models available, 33,000 data sets, and already have 55,000 apps built on top of their systems. Their announcement this week was pretty cool. It's something called Transformers Agent, which is a, and I quote, multi-modal agent API that can automatically chain any open source models, including well-known stuff like Stable Diffusion, Whisper from OpenAI, and uh, Open Assistant for text, audio, image, video, all based on your open commands. So uh, basically, it makes all of that kind of stuff super simple to daisy-chain together so your text input can lead to a response that will then do something, which will then create an image, which will turn into a video, and 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 the good news is it's all open source. It can work on your local machine for maximum privacy. So having talked about open source, you'll remember last week there was this alleged memo from Google leaked mm. where uh, um, they basically said, you know, we've missed the boat and AI, uh, sorry, open source is going to eat their lunch. Well, Google had their annual Google I.O. event this week, and you can imagine that uh, AI was a little bit of the content. In <laughs> fact, uh, CEO Sundar and his team 
took a hefty swipe back at the world using the term AI 137 times in their keynote. <laughs> Did you use that. AI to calculate that? <laughs> no, I stole it from Twitter. Ah, I love okay. that someone counted it. Right? Uh, there's <laughs> even a video of just every time somebody said the word AI stitched together. Yes, and ev every single VC in the world posted it on LinkedIn <laughs> on the same day. <laughs> But uh, it's pretty interesting, some of the stuff they're releasing. Uh, Google Photos is getting tools like Magic Eraser and Automatic Infill, which I think we saw first in DALI. Google Maps is getting uh, a much more immersive 3D viewing. Generative AI, so kind of like ChatGPT, is coming to their Sheets, Docs, Search, and Cloud applications. They've launched a new large language model called Palm 2, including MedPalm 2, which has been fine-tuned for the medical world. BARD, which they uh, released in beta a few weeks ago, which is the equivalent of ChatGTP, has now been opened up to basically everyone, 180 countries, they stated, except it doesn't include the EU, Canada, and Hong Kong, which is an odd choice and mathematically doesn't work out because there are not uh, over 200 countries on the planet. I'm assuming that's something to do with privacy, but who knows? Interestingly about BARD, they have a whole bunch of features that OpenAI has not yet opened. For example, the ability to upload a photo and have the AI describe the contents. So I wonder, is AI BARD now leading the pack from uh, OpenAI's chat and GPT software to be seen? But I can't access it because I'm in Europe. Um, I guess I just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they also talked about Vertex AI, which is a new platform for training your own AI models, claiming it to be 80% faster and 50% cheaper than the competition. They launched Project Tailwind, which is an AI tool that you can connect to your personal Google workspace so you can build your own models based on all of your documents. Maybe something for the Tech EU team to think about. That's quite a lot of announcements. I've left all the boring and technical stuff that I uh, didn't understand out. Uh, what's interesting <laughs> is uh, their stock price, and that's at Alphabet, went up 5% after this event, and it has not yet rebounded. So that's big bucks. Wow. wow. Uh, Humane is uh, um, starting to creep out into the world. Humane is a pretty hype startup from a formal Apple team, and uh, this week they gave us a glimpse of their AI product via a TED Talk. We'll put the link in the show notes. It's essentially an AI-driven projector and communicator with a cloud platform. You wear it on your jacket, uh, so there's no screen, and it will become, over time, your personal private AI assistant, hearing and seeing everything you do. Very, very interesting. They're putting privacy first. Um, I don't know if it's one of these things that we need, um, mm. or whether after we've got it, we'll never wonder or always wonder how we uh, never did without it, like the internet and mobile phones. Really not much known about what they're doing. This was the first glimpse, so do check out their TED Talk. Um, Dan, you wrote, uh, I think it was yesterday, about a company called Everseen from Ireland. Yep. Yep. Just raised uh, 65 million in funding, so uh, uh, certainly not up there with the uh, the Googles and the open AIs. I also think that sometimes when you see a company like this who has been around since 2007 and hasn't raised a hefty amount of money, that actually says something about their product, right? That says, hey, we're we're surviving on what we're making here. Absolutely. And I think that rolls right back into that alleged Google memo leak saying, you know, the, the people that are focusing on high quality small stuff are going to win. Hmm. So uh, what have they built? They've built an AI powered computer vision automation service for retailers, warehouses in the supply chain to help them keep an eye on inventory, which kind of sounds a little bit 1984 Big Brother. 
But uh, Dan, you wrote uh, that uh, in the US is a hundred billion dollars a year in lost mm. inventory. And when I say lost, you know, we pretty much mean stolen. Stolen. So yes. uh, that, that feels like it's probably a good thing for us all, unless you uh, happen to like stealing inventory. Uh, well, I mean, of- yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking that you know it it. A product like Everseen really does put the kibosh on that childhood pastime of like swiping your first candy bar from the corner shop, you know, or, oh, is that just me? Swiftly moving on, um, two fun stories I've picked up on uh, AI uh, this week. Uh, Karen, or uh, uh, Karen, I guess, uh, uh, is a Snapchat star. She has uh, (laughs) almost 2 million followers on Snapchat, launched her own Karen AI service where subscribers can pay a dollar a minute for virtual companionship. She, uh, in the first week of beta testing, had 100, sorry, 1,000 human boyfriends subscribing oh with uh, $71,000 in revenue in one Nick, week. Nick, did they call her Karen? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's Karen. But like who? C-A-R-Y-N. That's, that's yeah, her Yeah, I can see it in the show notes, but I mean, like, automatically, if I'm thinking that I'm going to get myself a friend, I'm not thinking of getting a Karen, to be honest. Karen! Right. Um, like, what this made me think of those restaurants where people go to and pay to be insulted. <laughs> I feel like Karen's going to tell me every lie from the internet and then ask to see my manager, you know? And, and maybe that's what some guys need. Just saying. <laughs> no offense to any Personally, Karen's, I, I, by I, way, I do have lots of good friends called Karen. Personally, I would I would have called it Fiona AI. Wow. <laughs> and lastly, uh, this one, this lastly, this one just popped in uh, on my Twitter feed this morning. Um, Rewind AI startup uh, uh, did a really interesting experiment in getting funding. Instead of uh, shopping around with lots of VCs, they actually uh, put out a, a kind of like a public tender, asked VCs to send them their best offer for investing against their uh, pitch deck. They had over a thousand responses, 170 offers on term sheets, 61 offers bigger than 350 million, and 22 offers with over a billion dollar valuation. And uh, they did oh, their due diligence and picked their favorite one. I'll put notes in the show notes. What a fantastic experiment of just turning ah. tables on the VC. Oh, I love that so much. Is that like the future of investing? No. Oh <laughs> Disclaimer, Robin is a founding member of an angel syndicate. And now back to our show. And Robin doesn't make predictions. Right, and Robin doesn't make Never. predictions. Ever. Right. I, lo- I love that Nick talked about AI for 10 minutes and didn't mention the EU... Uh, Oh, rules yeah. on AI, the facial recognition thingy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so that hasn't come across my. Uh, oh, Robin, tell us about so, it. So what what we're going to do is not talk about it at all, but then dive deeper next week. Right. Well, again, if you do want to hear more about AI, and quite frankly, who doesn't? I mean, it it is the topic of the year. It will indeed be covered in multiple facets at the Tech EU Summit, which is coming up when, Robin. Oh, glad you asked. It's Wednesday, 24 May in Brussels Expo. Wow, that's uh, 12 days from today. So uh, Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out, let's, Dan. Let's, let's, let's get some panels prepped. All right, well, listen. Thanks, thanks Dan at tech.eu. Well, <laughs> email Robin at dan at tech.eu. I just want to talk about quickly, and I will do it quickly, I promise, Wingcopter. Uh, they were founded in 2017, and until this week, I'd never heard of them. Anybody else never heard of Wingcopter? 
Right. Uh, shaking heads. I, I love these. Oh, come on. I love these companies. I didn't know of them. I love these companies who literally fly. See what I did there? Under the radar. Uh, and, and then they just, you know, show up on my radar with, with 40 million uh, in a new funding round via the European Investment Bank. And this was a and, 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 and I love German companies. Quasi equity. I'm doing big air quotes. Quasi equity deal. Uh, no series was disclosed. Uh, they've raised uh, $110 million on record, but there's a number of venture rounds that have no dollar signs attached to them. So it's conceivable that the company has raised uh, a little bit more, probably quite a bit more than that. But I thought it was interesting because it stands in stark contrast to Lilium, who last week we talked about. Uh, Lilium, it's a publicly listed company. They've raised over a billion. And now it looks like they need at least another quarter billion just to keep the lights on. Uh, whereas Lilium is focusing on shuttling people around in their electric uh, vertical takeoff and landing device, uh, Wingcopter is uh, focusing on cargo, and oh. it seems to be the winning route. Um, uh, from what I gathered, it's somewhat along the lines of what Zipline is doing. Nick, Nick, and I, yeah, Zip. Everybody knows Zipline because yeah. we all watch. Uh, we all watch Mark, right? And if you don't watch Mark Robel on YouTube, you should be. Good. Back to that. Uh, so somewhat the, somewhat similar to what they're doing, uh, the where Zipline is delivering uh, vital medicines to doctors in remote areas of Rwanda and Ghana, uh, Wingcopter is doing exactly the same thing. Apparently in Malawi, uh, they're delivering medicines and medical supplies to doctors uh, in a joint project operated by UNICEF und die Gesellschaft für internationale Zusammenarbeit, GmbH. <laughs> Dankeschön. For those of you that don't know, I did live in Austria for seven years, and I am proud of my German. There was a there was a much better Liverpool accent. (laughs) Much better Liverpool accent. All right, but listen, listen. I now I said I'd be short on this. So two things that caught my attention about this. Well, three things. One, it put Wingcopter on my radar. Two. In the release, it said this summer the uh, this summer we'll see the debut of Wingcopter 198. I don't know why 198. Is that the 198th iteration of the product? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, we'll see uh, Wingcopter 198 over German skies. Uh, the uh, Wingcopter is going to be engaging in a pilot, or in this case, rather un manned pilot project uh, where they're going to be investigating whether groceries and consumer goods uh, delivered via drone to remote areas is a viable thing to do. Now, if you remember correctly, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Getir, who's arguably snapping up the entire European market. Uh, they're in talks to acquire Flink. So this made me think, if you think Getir is just in the business of grocery delivery, Think again, because if this actually happens, I'm thinking of a certain book company from Seattle many, many years ago that is now much larger than a book company. Uh, and I think that Gitir, let's keep an eye on them, because if this is the case, they might be going in a much different direction than just groceries. And the person I want to hear about that from is Mana Drones CEO Bobby Healy, who will be appearing on stage at the TechEU Summit on the 24th of May in Brussels, my email is robin at tech.eu. <laughs> That's all I got to say about Wingcopter. Robin, I know you've got one more thing, and we are running long, and I know I said that was going to be short, and it wasn't short, so let's keep this one short. Go. Yes, very sad. We are Arr. going Arr. going 
to the last, last Pirate Summit. Uh, for those who don't know, Pirate Summit in Cologne, startup and entrepreneurship-focused event, been going for 10 or 11 years. Um, consistently, my answer to when people ask, what's your favorite conference in Europe? It's always a blast. It's always in the summer, um, either in June or September. Uh, but it, it it's just a blast. Like, it's in, in a scrapyard. It's in a sort of a, a grisly part of uh, Cologne. <laughs> It's across the, the street from it. a huge brothel. Yes, yes, right. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that, but thank Basha. you. It's called Pasha. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we only know that because you can see it from the conference. Yes, you can. Of course. That's the only reason I know. That's the only reason. Um, we uh, are very, very sad that it's ending, but they're ending with a, with a high note. They're, they're, they're throwing one last event. They're doing a big final burn because they also do the sort of a burning man type um, ritual. Uh, at the end of it, of course. So um, I, I hope that I can make it. I really, 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 really want to. Uh, we'll see if I can. But uh, either way, if you can be in Cologne on the 28th of June, it's actually from 27 to 29, but the conference is 28, uh, then uh, I would advise you and urge you to do that because it's always a blast. I'll be here. So many good memories. Very, very good memories. I, I had a blast there. I mean, the what's the name of the venue? O- Odonian. Odonia, right, and correct. it's next it's to Pasha. Next to Pasha, and right under the railway train. <laughs> yes, Remember, correct. yes, there've been. Many- if you were speaking on stage and the train would pass by, you'd have to pause for twenty seconds. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It it, it was, movie. and yeah, and I'm sure Manuel and Till and the entire team that's left or still there. Or yeah, COVID was rough, man. Uh, I'm sure they're going to put on one heck of a party. Nick, Nick, you will be there. I will. I will be uh, there and on stage, not talking about AI. Wow. Uh, well, what are you talking about? Well, then there's no reason to go, really. <laughs> I'll be, uh, as far as I know, uh, moderating or hosting the uh, Walk to Plank competition. Oh, oh nice. Uh, the classic. Oh, very nice. The I classic. love these names. That sounds so cool. Oh, by the way, did I, did I tell you guys that I started breeding uh, racing deer? Oh, good. No, <laughs> this is going to be a dad joke, isn't it? Because <sighs> I'm trying to make a quick buck. <laughs> Hey, 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 I'm going to do two dad jokes because I didn't get to do the other one. <laughs> so uh, did you guys hear the rumor about uh, butter? Well, I'm, I'm not going to spread it. <laughs> oh, Thank you. Lord. Thank you. Good night. And on that bombshell, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have for this week. As always, my name is Dan Taylor. Yours is not. I've been joined by Fiona Alston on lead guitar, Kate Lawrence on drums, Robin's Underwater, as always, on bass, and we're going to put Nick on keyboards. Have a great weekend. We are out of here. Arr.